river kingdoms, a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevoy sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevoy seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone to let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 58. Voice of the editor here. Unfortunately, here to report a lost episode. Recorder glitched out on this one, so we didn't get it. Uh, on the plus side, you haven't actually missed all that much. Uh, Lamashan and the beginnings of Neth passed. And we had two kingdom turns in which uh, Stagthorn built up a monastery and got the potential to build an army of monks out of it. Uh, and they closed off the Whispering Grotto, electing to close it rather than mine it out. In events of significance, Michaela came to have a talk with Caelan and told him that Van Thorn had proposed marriage to her. She had turned him down after some consideration and had come to Caelan to talk about why she'd done it and how she was feeling. She thought that, speaking politically, a marriage to Varn would be a very good idea, and a couple of years ago she would have taken him up on the offer happily. However, now that she's shared the ritual of unveiling with Caelan and learned something of who he is inside, she's discovered for herself that she's no longer satisfied with just making decisions for the most politically advantageous outcome, particularly when it comes to affairs of the heart like marriage. Caelan took on a few of her skills and her personality during that ritual, but she also took on a little of his. Specifically, she got a little of his passion, his love for life. She now expressed that she wants what he has with Bryn, to have a marriage based on love rather than just political convenience and perhaps mutual respect. She was slightly upset with this, but Caelan talked her through it. She mostly just wanted a sounding board to talk about her feelings to. Caelan also had a chance to speak with Eldest Thorn again about the Rushlight tournament that was upcoming, Eldest warned him that it was a snake pit of politics, uh, that he should expect some dirty business and games, possibly some poisoning, maybe an assassination attempt, and of course all the complex usual politics of trade agreements and the like. Uh, then there was a bit of a lengthy info dump and debate about what the Rushlight tournament would entail, and who Kalen would take with him. Between the player and the GM just talking through the various metagame options and that. I'm not going to run through all of that again, because you'll be hearing it upcoming as we run through the Rushlight tournament. Uh, but essentially there's a three-day a three-day Olympic Games-ian-style tournament going on. It begins with jousting qualifiers, there's an archery contest, and then a caster's ball, a challenge of magical skill in the first evening. On day two there's log chopping, a challenge of cunning where you have to pick up a boulder without touching it and then some general revelry and parties. 
And on day three, there is the second part of the jousting, the boasting contest, and then the final joust. Caelan considered who to take, and eventually left Corwin behind in charge of the kingdom, and went off with a bunch of his other counsellors and Tristan, Michaela, and Bryn. He got settled at the Rushlight Tournament, but before they could get too settled, King Castruccio Irovetti, the clockwork king, came to speak with Caelan and have a private word with him. Whereupon they had a very short conversation where Irovetti called him out and challenged him to a sword duel if Caelan was interested, and offered to bet money if necessary in an effort to incentivize him to do it. Caelan, of course, was more than happy to duel Irovetti just for the sake of it, and word is rapidly spread ahead of them that this impromptu duel is going to happen this evening just before the tournament begins. At this meeting, Irovetti has a mysterious black bastard sword marked with the mark of Oberon, in much the same way Caelan's bastard sword gatekeeper has the mark of Mab on it. And that's where we left it be. So we apologise for losing the episode. However, what you missed was about an hour of play, most of that being Kingdom turns, and then about half an hour of info dump and lengthy debating. The only events of any real consequence that have occurred here is Michaela's relatively brief conversation, and Irovetti's extremely brief conversation with Caelan of challenging him to a sword duel. So if you are going to miss an episode, this was a decent one to miss. There wasn't a lot of content that you've lost out on. Moving on, we begin with the evening before the Rushlight Tournament formally commences, with Caelan having an impromptu duel with the Clockwork King. 